I am Tova Cito. And I am Janice Gant. And we believe our lives should be happy, healthy, and abundant. And that it is our job to get us there. Every week, we will have inspiring, educational, and fun conversations that will help you live your very best life. Welcome to The The Remedy. Remedy. Well, hello, everybody. Merry Christmas. Oh, yes. What in the world? I cannot believe it's Monday of the week of Christmas. I know. It's so awesome. I love it so much. Do you love Christmas so much? I love Christmas. Is it your favorite holiday? Yes, yes, for sure. I love it. I always used to say, ho, ho, I would say, ho, 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 and I don't mean a loose woman. (laughs) (laughs) So when when Owen was born, he was a baby. Your oldest grandson. Um, That's my oldest grandson, and Blair and and her husband and Owen had been in Idaho for the Christmas, they celebrate on Christmas Eve. And so they landed and came to our house, and she had Owen in a onesie that said, ho, 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 and I don't mean a loose woman that she had had made for him. (laughs) Does she still have that somewhere? I don't know. I'll bet she does. I hope so. That is adorable. I know. It was so funny. Gosh, I just can't believe it. My mother and dad used to just roll their eyes at it. They're like, oh, Jan. You're you're a little rebellious. Your girls are a little rebellious. Yeah, I love that though. Yeah, I mean I I love that about. Well, I hope those grandchildren will just be a little rebellious (laughs) and not a lot rebellious. (laughs) Well, the apple usually doesn't fall that far. It doesn't. It (laughs) doesn't. And karma, it's coming back, baby. It is coming. I've already gotten my karma from my daughters, so now it's going to be their 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 turn. Now it's their turn. I'll just give those kids a little money and they'll continue to hang out with me. <laughs> totally. That's all it takes for great. All it takes. Oh my gosh. Just I mean, don't say no. Yes. Don't say no. Uh-uh. That's all you have to do as a grandma. Yeah, it really is. One day, I, I don't know if I've said this, one day Mia wanted ice cream at my house, so I gave her ice cream. And then she wanted, um, she's five. And then she wanted seconds, and she said, can I have some more ice cream? And I said, no, your mom really doesn't want you to have more than one bowl of ice cream. And she looked at me and sprinkled her eyes and goes, seriously? <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's dumb. Never mind. Give me your bowl. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, no. They're so okay, so we have to thank our sponsor for today, Madison McKinley Designs. You know Madison yes, McKinley yes, Eisner. Yes. She uh, is a jewelry designer. Yes. And I wear a lot of her. I love her stuff. And her company sponsored the episode for today and also is offering all of our listeners 15% off. Oh, their, how nice. Their order. So if you um if you want to check out her stuff, it's really great. Kev, really good if you need a Christmas present for your bride. Uh, I, I do have some last minute shopping to do. That's Madison right. McKinley. So the code that you put in is MM shop small and you get 15% off your order. And Anna Prin, my daughter, actually works and gets the orders out. So Oh, she does? We could, if you need a rush one, we could hand deliver oh, it. Oh, that's so nice. That's so nice. Thank you for sponsoring this. Yes, she's that's amazing. Crazy. I might take you up on that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, you check out her stuff. You'll love it. It's all it's all the all these things that I wear, Kev. Oh, I love this. All the yeah. things. Yeah. All the all things. your accessories. <laughs> the beanie? Did she make the beanie? <laughs> she did not make a beanie. <laughs> or my racetrack sweater. I, I know oh, you, gosh. your listeners cannot, our listeners cannot see my sweater, but I'm wearing a sweater that's very expensive, P.S. It apparently doesn't look like it. because. Okay, let me describe it. I'm sitting across from her looking at it. And the top part right above the breast is red. And then there are checkers. Mm-hmm. It's like a checkerboard. Mm-hmm. And on the red part and white, what does it say? Opening, Opening. ceremonies. Oh, yeah. And then down below is black. So all the check, the little squares are white. And then down below it's black. And it says ceremony in white. So it's opening ceremony. It's really cool looking. Yeah. Really cool. Well, apparently not to Carter. No, because it's, it's like Golden Goose shoes. You can't explain to a guy why that's expensive. <laughs> We're just not going to understand it. Carter came out I this am... morning, woke up, and goes, what? Is it you have an ugly sweater uh, <laughs> party today? I was like, dude, this is expensive. My point exactly. He's a guy. He doesn't get it. He goes, well, you can't tell. <laughs> that's harsh. And you're like, well, that's what I want. I want to wear expensive things that nobody can tell. That's Inside, the point. you're going, yeah. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Oh, this little thing? <laughs> Is that one of those sweaters? Uh, yes. yes. <laughs> totally. The um, ministry is most profitable. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast is really taken off. <laughs> Thanks, Madison. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so tonight, Janice just told me this. I didn't know about this. Tell us what's happening in the in the in the stars and well, planets and universe tonight. This I'm is, so glad I know about this now. So this is the solstice, which is the shortest day of the year and the longest night, obviously, if one than the other. So, but tonight what is happening is usually in so this time of year, Saturn and Jupiter become very, very close in the sky, in their orbit. And but this year, uh, for the first time in 20 years, on the winter solstice, their their last conjunction was May 2000. So it's called the Great Conjunction. But this year, they are actually eclipsing. I don't know which one is. I don't know which one is. Probably Saturn is eclipsing Jupiter, because I think Jupiter is beyond Saturn, but I don't know. But anyway, and so in, in so in the southwest sky at about dusk, there is the what is called the Christmas star, and that's going to shine, but it's going to be a direct beam of light tonight for the first time. And what that is supposed to... I'm going to read this, because I, I, they will explain it a lot better. Like a new moon, which happens every 29 and a half days when the sun and moon align at the same degree of a sign to kickstart a fresh lun, luna, lun, lunation, lunation? I don't know. Lunations, probably. Jupiter and Saturn do the same at this great conjunction. The crucial difference between the two events, then, is the frequency, with the great conjunction only happening once every two decades. Saturn and Jupiter are the social consciousness planets. Saturn represents responsibility, and Jupiter represents expansion. And when they conjoin at the same degree of the same sign to make a great conjunction, they commence a new cycle. This sets the tone of underlying macro societal trends 
as well as personal transformation. So I just think it is so cool that this is happening right now at the time when the vaccine is Mm. out on the out and people are are getting it. People are getting it. Mm -hmm. And the optimism that I think the entire world is going to feel when we start to feel as if this whole pandemic is shifting. It's shifting. Mm-hmm. It's going to heal. Mm-hmm. And it will. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you know, I have believed since the very beginning, this this too shall pass. Absolutely. But it has been such a long journey for everybody. Yeah. And it's been such a pain-filled journey for so many people yeah. Yeah. that the optimism that I think is going to is going to happen in this world is on the cusp. Yeah, we need it. We do need it. You know, one of my friends works in a hospital in California, and she, a lot of the doctors and nurses and frontlines people there have already received the vaccine. And she said the energy and the feeling at the hospital is completely different. She said for the, you know, all year long, they've just been sucking wind and... Yeah, it's bad. It's bad in a lot of places. It's real bad in California. It's terrible right now in California. It's terrible. I mean, one of my dear friends was in a horrible accident last week, and she's in ICU and critical, and her husband has to Zoom her. I mean, it, it chokes me up thinking about it, but these people who can't even get to their loved ones. It's horrible. It's horrible. And you know what? I was saying when I was one of my best friends in California, we were talking about it, how I understand why it happens. And and I I understand why they are taking every precaution. But I also feel so sorry for the people who are trying to heal. And they're all alone. I know. I read an article, (sighs) though, the other day about what's happening with the people who are working in the hospital is their hearts have opened up so to those people mm-hmm. that they they the, that I do believe that the people I in this article there was a guy who was in intensive care and then was able to leave the hospital and he said those those people became my family mm-hmm. and they treated me like family when they would come into my room and I just think that it's so amazing because all of those healthcare workers in those hospitals I mean, every morning, you know, when I get dressed to work, I'm not worried about catching something that's going to kill me. And every day, those people, it was like going on the battlefield. Yeah, it really is. It was risky. Mm -hmm. It is risky. And, and it's not, it's not the flu. People are getting really sick. Even healthy young people are getting really sick. I mean, some dying. Yes. There's really no rhyme or reason. You know, all the all the myths or all the things that people want to believe. And believe me, I've done my fair share of, of bitching about COVID and, and the mask. And, but I mean, I try really hard to be vigilant and take precautions because it is serious. It It really is serious. And so many people have really been hurt, deeply affected. People have died. People have been really sick. People are having, huge financial huge um problems i mean i i think about christmas i mean christmas looks really different for a lot of people this year i know it 
and yet there's hope. You yeah. know, now yeah. there is hope. And yeah. there and, is, you know, my favorite thing, the captain's on the bridge yes. and has been on the bridge. And the bridge looks different to, in reality, as how we think that would look. Mm-hmm. But it is true. And yeah. I do think we're stepping into a whole new area of that. And I think the cool thing about this great conjunction is that that's in the heavens. That's yeah. in the sky. Yeah. That this, there's going to be a change. That there's hope. So, and that's hopeful. Absolutely. And just being able to say that word sounds fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We need it. We do need we it. We need it. It's perfect, perfect, perfect timing. Yeah. And I love, I love that it, in reading about it, and I just learned about it from you, but it says that when they come together, it makes that, um, how did you describe it? It's the Christmas star. Yeah, it's the Christmas star. Yes. And it, it. I mean, it's it's in all the books and all the yeah art and you know you it's a different looking star. So yes, so all, look for it. Yeah. Oh, so I have after, chill bumps. <laughs> and it's after sunset tonight. I think right? yeah, it's like, right at sunset. Okay. I think is when it's supposed to be its brightest, and it's in the southwest sky. I can't wait. Yeah, me too. Can't wait. Thank you for telling us about. Yeah, that. you're welcome. My daughter Wesley in Australia is really. She's a yoga teacher, and she's really in tune with kind of the celestial readings and all of that, and it's just a different dimension to her spiritual life. She's very, very, very dedicated to positivity and all of that, and she's the one that sent it to me. So, Well, thank you. Thank you, Wesley. Thank you, cute Wesley with Titus, who needs a lot of alone time. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And what a teacher in Wyatt's school has COVID. So yes, day before yesterday, she called or I called her and they were all in the car. They had all the whole family had been tested and they were all negative, but they have to quarantine for 14 days. They cannot, Titus is the only one that can leave the house and the government has called them this is how the Australians are doing They're it. They're so very dip, serious. They are very serious. And they said, we will be calling you and we'll be dropping by to make sure that you are all in your house. They can go into the backyard, but they cannot go out front. Oh, my gosh. I know. <laughs> I heard I heard Australia is like serious. And they, they're not letting anybody in. No, and and uh, New South Wales, which is the state in which Wesley lives, mm-hmm. uh, they can't leave their border. Nobody can leave. They've closed the borders to the states again because they got down to like zero, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden they had like maybe 20, and they have shut it down. They are serious. And Tom and I were talking about the other day, and he was like, can you only imagine if – if our government tried to do something like that in this country, we would be fighting tooth and nail. Oh, my god! And I asked her, I said, well, Wesley, what happens if you get caught? And she said, big fines. Yeah. So. I read that. I, I read the Australians had it figured out because they quarantine. They take it seriously. Yeah. They do. They it. do. I mean, they, I, I had read that they, it was eradicated in Australia did not exist and then somebody came in maybe I think it was possibly like a flight attendant from the Mm. U.S. and then a couple got it and or had symptoms but went to different coffee shops and all of that and that's boom all of a sudden there were like 18 cases 
and then 22 or something like that. I may have the numbers wrong, but yeah. So they may really need some alone time now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> He's going to make up all kinds of excuses why he needs to go away. <laughs> the car needs gas. We, we need milk. <laughs> we're out of diapers. Nobody's in diapers, but we're out of diapers. <laughs> Actually, the twins are in diapers. And the other day, Wesley said, I have no diapers. He's like, no problem. I'll be right back. It might take me a while. He's gone for three hours. She sees him circling the block. Oh, sweet people. I miss them. I bet you do. Okay, so today, um, Janice had an amazing idea. She... um, she has this this is from the joy of living isn't it it's from one of it's from the very first book they have i don't think you have this okay. book i don't but i recognize the yeah it, yeah the way that it looks yeah um <clears throat> so this is a devotional that janice and i both read from but this is a different uh, yes there i guess are, there's different volumes uh-huh or, there's okay. the joyous living journal the joyous abundance journal and then this one i don't know what the name of this one is but I love all three of them. I read all three of them every morning. And they're just really, they they represent every single thing that I believe. Yeah. And so I like that. Yeah. Because it just reconfirms. Every yeah, day. They're really cool. They are. Yeah. So this thought, um, or today what we're talking about, comes from, uh, we kind of got these ideas from uh, a thought out of one of those books Um from December 20th. And Janice, if you wouldn't mind, because you have this, that cute little accent, and people <laughs> love hearing you. Oh, I know. It's so melancholy. <laughs> Everybody might want to record this and listen to it because it's like a lullaby. <laughs> oh, hilarious. Okay. Um, so why don't you... Like nails on the chalkboard? No, it's amazing. Um, okay, I'll, you want me to read? Just read yeah, it, read just through read it, it, and then the, and then we're gonna expand on what some of these thoughts mean to to yeah. us. And Kev, we'd love for you to pipe in too. Sure. Um, okay. Okay. So the title of this is "Where Is Your Bethlehem?" The nativity story unfolds in Bethlehem during the birth of the Christ child and symbolizes the birth of Christ consciousness within you. Each character and place in the story reminds you what is needed to make a place for the birth of the Christ consciousness within. Number one, or the first, a pure heart, which is Mary, a committed spirit, which is Joseph, a quiet, humble place, the manger. The birth is attended by spirit-centered consciousness, angels, and awe-filled wonder, the shepherds, Gifts of spiritual insight, myrrh, power of the word, frankincense, and co-creation, gold, are given for this birth. And it all takes place in the spiritual center of your being, Bethlehem. The Christ consciousness is the reality of your oneness with God and the seat of your spiritual essence and power. This consciousness is available to each and every person. It already resides at the spiritual center of your being. Spend time in your Bethlehem, making sure there is room for your own rebirth. I just love it. 
isn't it just exquisite? Yes. Yes. I know. And so many things. I feel sorry for people who can't, you know, I'll, uh, I'll post this. Oh, great. So that people can read it. Because yes. if I was just listening to this, I would need to hear it again. Yes. Um, because there's so much there. But, but I would love um, for us, and, and I know we talked about it before, but just for us to break down what these things mean to us because and i'm really excited about this because while you and i share so many of the same values and beliefs um it's easy it would be easy for anyone any two people to interpret this differently for yeah. themselves yeah and so um i guess my first question in reading this i just love i love the first sentence where it says the nativity story unfolds in Bethlehem during the birth of the Christ child and symbolizes the birth of Christ consciousness within you. Yes. So what would you say, how would you define, they define it at the end here, mm -hmm. but <clears throat> in your experience, in your life, what is, what does, what does Christ consciousness? If, if that was the, if the birth of Jesus was the birth of our Christ consciousness within us, what is that to you? Well, I, do, I don't think that the birth of Jesus was the birth of the Christ consciousness. I think that in my belief system, the birth of Jesus represented it, gave us an, ac an actual picture of it. And that we, Christ consciousness has been a part of us since the creation and that is because the christ consciousness is the understanding and the awareness that i am an expression of divinity mm -hmm. and as was jesus mm -hmm. and so i think that it's i i think it's it's a knowing it is a it is a for me it's the full understanding that that is what I am, that awareness of this is what I am. I am an expression of divinity, mm -hmm. as is every other person that walks the earth. And so that it's almost like an intuitive realization, because when I think about that in regard to myself, I feel it mm -hmm. in the center of my gut mm -hmm. and that's where my intuition is mm -hmm. and and as i've gotten older i've learned to really value that intuition a lot as that that's the oftentimes the directive of what i either need to do or not do yeah so that's my that's my explanation what do you think i <clears throat> i probably would not have said use this the words this the exact words that you use uh -huh. but i also believe that christ consciousness is understanding that i am an extension of god i yeah. am i am an expression uh -huh. of him and i loved what you said um that so is everyone else mm -hmm. because and, and I believe that, I know you believe that. And I think that when you believe that and when you really hone in on that space, I mean, even as you said, you know, when I, 
when I go to that place or when I, when I really um, pay attention to the Christ consciousness inside of me, mm-hmm. into that divinity inside of me, I feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel different about myself. I feel more confident. I feel more empowered. I feel more loved. I feel more purposeful. Mm-hmm. You know, that, and it's to me, it's this belief that m- the creation of me was not an accident. It was not, it, it wasn't some uh, mistake. You know, it wasn't a, a oh, it wasn't a surprise to right. to God that I was created at this moment, at this time, with intention and purpose. Mm-hmm. And when I lean into that, and it, when I believe that, um, I'm living my best self. Mm-hmm. I'm living the best version of myself. And I, uh, going back to what I loved what you said about, and so is everyone else, if we really believe that and I believe that I believe that and you believe that but if everybody believed that I think we would be kinder to one another for sure for sure and I think that there is the the transition even as you as you sit in that in that place you transition from a belief to a knowing yeah and there's a difference. I believe that the pandemic is going to, that the vaccination is going to make a huge difference and the pandemic is going to end, you know, within eight months to a year maybe. Mm-hmm. I know that the sun will rise. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. difference is, mm-hmm. b- so much of my spiritual journey was based on a belief system that was told to me that I didn't, and Kevin and I talked about this a little bit before, that, you know, that I didn't really get a place, a chance to examine that. And, and so then that, so then as I, as I entered into more spiritual growth, I let go of some of those beliefs and, and they were replaced by a pretty simplified knowing Mm -hmm. that when I know that I am an expression of divinity and so are you, that's enough. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. not a lot more I need to know. Yeah. There's not a lot more you, that no. you need to know. And about I need to keep it simple. Others. Yeah. 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 And how, no, but you're right, Tova, how differently we would look at everybody when we, when you, when you're in that spot and there are certain moments during the day, and I think this time of year you can feel it, whether it's looking mm-hmm. at the lights mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. you know, the other day I was at North Park and, you know, it's danger zone. I felt like I needed a machete or something to protect me. And I, and there was this cute little woman who she was probably my age, maybe older. And she was ringing the bell for, um, Salvation the Salvation Army. Army. And so I walked up to her and put a $5 in her can. And, and she said, thank you, child. Thank you. And I said, oh my gosh, you are so sweet. Thank you for doing this. And she said, I am of God. And I was like, I started crying. Oh, that gave me I chills. I walked away and I thought, oh mm. my goodness. Mm. I, it was, I mean, she knew. Wow. She knew. And that was enough for her too. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting. 
You know, when we have that knowledge, you're, you're so right. I love that you said it. We don't need, we don't need as much as we think we need. No. As far as specifics, or is that what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. Yeah. Like when we really hone in on that and, and just if we could sit in that, all the things that we think we need and are desperate for, you just don't need as much when, yeah. when, you're, when you're in that, when you really believe that yeah, about yourself and others. And I don't think you need as much from anybody else either. No. <laughs> no, and you may want some things. Sure. But I think that the need is, is, is fulfilled yeah. in that. Because I think that what that ends up doing, and I read this. Do you know who uh, Richard Rohr is? Mm -hmm. R O H R. He wrote a book uh, that is maybe. called, um, uh, oh gosh, Christ Consciousness. And no, he didn't. No, it's called uh, Simple Christianity or something like that. I don't know. I'll I'll make a note to that. But he says that when when we are in that when we move from ego consciousness into soul awareness, we move from being fear driven to being love drawn. And I love that. Whoa. Yeah. Say that again. Say that again. Said that we move when we're in that place, we move from ego consciousness. He's talking about meditation, which is when you when when that when that knowing moves from my head down those twelve inches into my heart and into my knowing, then that is meditation for me. That's mm -hmm. where I can sit in that, and that's enough. I mean, that's what it all is. Mm -hmm. And so, but he said we move from ego consciousness to soul awareness from being fear driven to being love drawn. I love that. I have never heard of being love drawn, but I sure like it. Isn't it? He mm -hmm. said that that's in a few words. Of course, we can only do this if someone else, capital S, capital E, is holding us, taking away our fear, doing the knowing and satisfying our desire for a great lover, capital G, capital L. Mm. If we can allow that someone else to have their way with us, we will live with new vitality, a natural gracefulness, and inside of a flow that we did not create. It is the life of the Trinity spinning through us. Mm. Anyway. I love it. Yeah, it's cool, isn't it? Yeah, really cool. So, Tova. Yes, ma'am. So, tell me. So let's go through these. Okay. So when you look at the pure heart of Mary, what do you think about that? Okay. So each character and place in the story reminds you what is needed to make a place for the birth of the Christ consciousness within. So these, this is like the recipe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For to create that Christ consciousness within us. And so, yes, the first one, it says a pure heart. To me, a pure heart uh, means, lo looks like, feels like uh, getting rid of anger, oh. forgiven, forgiving, um, kind of like clearing out all the cobwebs within. Oh, I like that. And so that we can create space for, for pure things. 
um, creating, having a pure heart to me, you have to make room for that. Um, by clearing out the debris. By clearing out the debris. And the debris for me in my life has always been resentment, pride, anger, fear, not forgiving someone, holding a grudge. Um, I, I, I will never be a, the best version of myself as long as I'm holding on to if I have envy for somebody else, if I'm jealous of somebody else, if I'm angry at her, if I hold a grudge toward him, if I can't forgive that, um, then that's going to affect the purity of my heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's I what love it that. means to me. No, I like that. I agree with you. I really what do. What does it mean to you? Well, I think it's pretty much the same thing that the purity is the, I think of when you turn on running water. I remember when my, at my grandmother's lake house, when I was growing up, she, the, when she turned on the water for like three minutes as the water was running, it was kind of red and muddy <laughs> and gross. And then all of a sudden it became clear and it was pure water. And then, and I think that's the way with that heart. It's kind of like what you said, if there's any sort of something in there that is tainting the purity of the heart is just to let go of it. Mm -hmm. And that's all, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a mental exercise. So that's, it's pretty much the same thing. That you Do said. you also think I'd never heard, uh, I, I'd never thought of it like that, but, and when I hear that, I also, there's another side of it that makes me think I also, I, I need to get kind of get rid of the shenanigans in you know, I, I need to put on my adult shoes and step out of, of like if there's, if I'm, if there's parts of my life where I'm not being honest or there's a part of my life where I, I'm keeping secret, a secret or, um, I, I think in order to have a pure heart that needs there's a, there can't be room for those things. I mean, am I going to be perfect? No, not at all. I mean, I think it's a practice. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that it's really difficult to make room for, you know, it's kind of like uh, somebody who, I'm sure you've experienced this in, in people that you've counseled with who are single and dating. If, if, you're, in, if you're dating you know, 10 guys and you're, or 10 girls and you're engaging in reckless behavior with all of them, how are you really going to make room for a, a great guy? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it, with your time, your space, your heart, your home, your, you know, you, you have to create the room. So maybe a lot of that is being true to yourself, being true to your value system. Yeah. Because I do believe, I don't always know what to do, but I pretty much always know what not to do. Mm -hmm. And if I can focus on doing what I believe I need to do, then that is going to help keep me keep my heart pure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you're living in, if you, and people who have secrets or who have deceit or are not, living a, a honest life, there's fear that comes sure. with that. Um, because you're kind of always afraid you're going to get caught. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. whether it's financial or, um, uh, in a relationship, whatever it is, you know, 
And, and I think that when you have that in your soul, it it eats away at the good stuff. Sure. Where, where good stuff should be. Yeah, it'll it'll color everything. Yeah. 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 And so for me, that that <clears throat> also, yeah, is speaks to the a pure heart. I think, and I think a really pretty easy way to do that, and then we can move on. Is that is that it is what's my motive? You know, when I check my motives, I, I can I it becomes pretty clear if I'm trying to punish somebody or if I'm trying to oh, you yeah. know something. So I oh yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah. Okay, a committed spirit. Joseph, commitment. What does that mean to you? I think it means committed to living in the oneness, in the awareness of the oneness with God. Yeah. And I think that has to be kind of done for me, at least on a daily basis, and sometimes several times during the day yeah. to remember that. And I think the cool thing about that hole in the Christmas story was that Joseph could have just run, you know, because, mm -hmm. I mean, here was Mary and she was pregnant, and they weren't married, and so that was quite scandalous. Yeah. But he was committed to her, and I think the committed spirit, commitment for me to my husband and commitment to my children and my grandchildren and you and Kevin and my friends, the people that I love in my life, is to be committed to them and for them. Yeah. When I, I love that, and, and, and I love it because it's different than where I went, um, and probably it had to do with, so I reflected on this this morning uh -huh. and I had, I had an early counseling appointment with this girl who's struggled with addiction and she has fought really hard. She's gone to rehab. She's done inpatient stuff and just a real fighter for herself. And she knows she is committed to, to healing to being the best version of herself, to doing whatever she needs to do to stay in that good space. Yeah. And uh, for her, she's has some major triggers and she's she recognizes those. And so she knows that like going home for Christmas is not gonna be a good thing for yeah. her. It's hard. It's, it's hard. And she's just she's not there yet. And she's and so and she's committed to getting well and staying the course and doing the hard the hard thing and and so she made this decision to not go home yeah and it's been really hurtful to her family but I and I thought of her when I read this mm -hmm. because sometimes and and maybe all the time the most important thing that we can be committed to is the Christ consciousness within us which means committed to ourselves yes yeah unapologetically mm -hmm. committed to the things that are most important for tova to be the best christ version that i can be well and for that girl her commitment to sobriety it has to take a priority absolutely and that is that's courageous it for her brave. to do that and and it doesn't matter what her family thinks, but it was a hard decision, but it is, it's essential. Yeah. And I think when we look at our commitment to our passions or our commitment to some people are very, very, very committed to their jobs or, mm -hmm. you know, so I think that that, that in just so many ways, Joseph modeled that by his commitment 
to Mary. Oh yes, just and, really cool. Oh, and I, I, I don't, I don't think he gets enough props really <laughs> for what I mean. Can you imagine how crazy that whole scandalous story was? First of all, she's like thirteen. She's pregnant. She's saying she's claiming she's a virgin. Everybody's looking at her like she's crazy. They're like, Joseph, you're going to marry her? She's obviously had sex with another man because you don't get pregnant by an angel. I mean, we hear (laughs) this story and we just think it's beautiful and we believe it. But if if my daughter, when she was 13, came in and said, hey, I'm pregnant with God's baby and I swear I didn't have sex, I'd be like, okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And then, yeah, I mean. Yeah. It's, no, it's, it's true. crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It's but you're right. He, Joseph didn't get enough props. He didn't get enough props. He was a good man. He was a good man. <laughs> it's a good man. It was, would suck for the guy, too. If you're in a relationship at 13, you have to be like, I swear I didn't do it. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It wasn't me. <laughs> like that song, wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a tough sell. But she's pregnant, and uh-huh. you're engaged to and her. And the devil made yeah. me do it is not going to get you out of trouble. <laughs> no, that's oh not going to fly. Gosh. No, no. And the fact that he knew the right thing, he stayed the course. He, I mean, we have no idea. You know, the Bible la- leaves out all the, all the talk. And you think gossip didn't exist 2,000 years ago? You're crazy. Oh, yeah. I mean, they were... They They were were stoning people for that (laughs) crime. (laughs) Yes, they were meeting at the water wells, chatting it up. All the women were like, did you hear she's pregnant? She's trying to say it's an angel. She's trying to say it's God's baby. (laughs) What? (laughs) Can you imagine? Man, I've heard some bullshit before. (laughs) I can just see it. Can you imagine? Standing around the Tom Thumb in Snyder Plaza. (laughs) Telling the cashier. I didn't, an angel did it. <laughs> the real, house, real housewives would have a blast they with that one. They would have a heyday. <laughs> That's so and funny. And now she's telling, she's saying it's God. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Man. Okay. A quiet, humble place, the manger. Now, I don't want my digs to be too humble. <laughs> Let me just say. My my house is really pretty. It's not luxurious, but it is it is pretty and it is pure, <laughs> pretty pure. It's pretty pure. But I but the humble place I think to me is is the humility that we have to have in order. It's it's a it, what's interesting to think about that I am an expression of divinity. Just like Jesus, Mm -hmm. just like you, Mm -hmm. just like the mailman, everybody, whoa, Mm -hmm. then I could get puffed up about that. Oh, yeah. You know? And I think the manger can also represent our insides, where we live in that humility. I'm no better than you, and I'm no less than you. And if we can keep ourselves on an equal footing with everybody else, yep. I may I may totally disagree with what you do. I may disagree with your value systems, but I am no better or no less. That's exactly and right. I don't, that's, to me, what that humble spirit is. Totally. Or the humble place inside of us. Totally. I, for me, it's also not holding on too tight to anything. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, one of my dear, dear friends is incredibly 
successful. Her husband is incredibly successful. They've they've done very, 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 very well. And she is so generous. I mean, she she has this woman who's been cleaning her house uh, this summer and where she's been on vacation, so she didn't know her or have a relationship. But the other day she took off her mask and she noticed that this woman's acne was just Oh, horrible. from the mask? Well, I don't know if it's oh. from the mask or if she's always... Oh. I think she's always had really, really, really bad skin, but she'd never seen it because she's always wearing the mask. And the, my friend has a really good dermatologist and she has all these potions and she invests in skin, her skin, and she knows a lot about skin and takes really good care of her skin. And so she sat her down and she speaks Spanish and she talks to her in Spanish and says, this is something that I'd love to do for you. And I, I don't want to offend you, but I mean, cause, and so she just started crying. She said that she has never in her whole life looked up um, that she's always putting her hands on her face because she's so self-conscious about how bad her skin is and that nobody's ever done anything nice like this to her for her. Her mom drove 20 miles away to bring her flowers to say thank you. Oh, that's for really cute. Helping her. And, you know, she was telling me this story. And I, I was getting choked up listening to it. And I said, that is so sweet of you. And I said, and you know what I believe? That's why your life just keeps getting more abundant. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Because she, her house is not a manger. Let me tell you that much. She has lots of houses, and right. not one of them is a right. is a manger. And yet she doesn't hold on to any of it well, so tight. I think, and I think the humility is knowing that it's it's only mine for a minute, yes. maybe. Yes. It's really not mine anyway. It's, it's just exactly passing right. through me. Yes. And if and I love thinking about holding, you know, your hands with your palms up and uh, wide mm -hmm, open, and what mm -hmm. leaves will come back in, mm -hmm. you know. So that that is, but that is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that to me, that's what it is. It's it's the humility of of knowing that it really doesn't matter. I mean, here was God coming down, and I mean. He could have been born in in a, any castle on any hill, and and I think that what it represents is what you said: is that yes, I like my home and I love nice things, but it doesn't make me or your home is bigger and better and nicer than mine. But I never look at your you or what you have and put you ahead of me or above me or me below you or no. underneath you or all of my friends are richer than me. I am dirt ass and poor. You are, and you are richer than a heck of a lot of people. And you guys are rich as shit compared to me. <laughs> <laughs> Promise you that. And, and you know what, Kev? It, it doesn't matter. Well, really. And it when doesn't you, change my perception of anyone of or anything. anything. No. And, oh, you know what I always think, too? It's really not mine. It's mm -hmm. just passing through me in this point in time. Yes. You know, and I'll probably be back. There's no telling where I'm going to be. <laughs> <laughs> I might be living with Kevin. It'd be, it'd be a little it'd more be, humble. It'd be fun, though, wouldn't it? You drink a lot of beer. <laughs> yeah. There'll always be beer. I promise you that. <laughs> That's probably okay. Yeah. 
but I'm not used to the, someone else in the house drinking the beer also, so. Oh, yeah. Well, I really don't drink a lot of beer. All right. Fair enough. I do. We, I, we can be compatible then. I may have to leave champagne and go to sparkling water. <laughs> well, that's fine. <laughs> no, but I do think that that not holding on is a really great perspective because, you know, when it's all said and done, there's... It's not going with you. No, it's not going with if me. If you die tomorrow, it's going to be what you have on. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> you know? Can I have your ring? Can I have your rings though? And no, some of your bracelets. Sure. Talk to the. Talk you want to those boots? Talk. Oh, I definitely <laughs> want your boots. I forgot about those. Thanks, Kim. <laughs> I call those Blair. <laughs> I call the boots she's wearing today. <laughs> Blair had this really cool bracelet made of some of my mom's jewelry, some of the stones, and it's so pretty. Have you seen it? I have seen it. It's so pretty. It's gorgeous. And I, I told her, I said, so. Just saying, and I hope this doesn't happen, but if you go before me, I'm taking that back. <laughs> She's like, okay, Mom, going to take it from my children? I said, maybe. I'll give it back to them when I go. <laughs> but I'm taking it all right. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, okay. Okay, <laughs> the next thing that it says is the birth is attended by spirit-centered centered consciousness, the angels. An awe-filled wonder, the shepherds. Mm-hmm. The birth is attended by spirit-centered consciousness. What is that to you? What is spirit-centered consciousness? The to awareness, you? the awareness of spirit-centered consciousness. Just knowing that's what it is, and the angels. I think they're all around us, I and I think you. that is. I think that that is the. I think that so much of the unknown out there is so amazing. Mm-hmm. I don't, I am, I so believe that. Me I believe, too. you know, when, when I went to Alaska, Alaska is the only place and anybody who will listen to me talk about Alaska, I'd say to them, you know, anywhere else that I've ever been in the world, I have always, you know, we're, we, I felt like Alaska was the first place that I'd ever been to where I came into nature's world. Here, uh-huh. here it feels like nature's part of our world. Uh-huh. You know, we chopped down that tree and we made room for that. And But Alaska, you are, they rule and you're a part of nature, um, yeah. animals, birds, that you, they rule the space and we are a part of what they're doing yeah. in Alaska. And I feel like that's the same with, with yeah. what we can't see. Yeah. We are in heaven on earth. Yes. And it's all around us and it's they're probably us. giggling about it a lot. Yes. Yeah. I think that we are, we are spirit beings having a human experience with other spiritual things I totally believe happening it. all the time, all around us. I believe in angels. And I love, I love that they said about the wise men. How did they say? I gotta put your glasses. Oh, on. the shepherds? Or the shepherds. All filled shepherds. All filled wonder. And how spectacular. That's what we need to be thinking as we're walking down the Katy Trail. Absolutely. The awesomeness filled with awe yes because childlike there childlike yes faith eyes spirit one of wesley's little boy huxley's just so sweet wesley has pictures of my mom and my dad on her refrigerator 
uh, who have all both already transitioned. They're probably right sitting right in here next to me. <laughs> my dad's probably shaking his head about a couple of things that come out of my mouth, <laughs> like the ho ho ho. But um, but uh, and the other day, uh, Wes, uh, Wesley and and Huxley were walking, and he's like seven, and he goes, "Oh look, there's Josie," and it was that's my mom's name, and there was a butterfly. And he said, that's Josie. And Wesley oh. just started crying. And oh. it might have even been on mom's birthday. Oh, But it wow. was just, re- and I thought, you know, because they, they say that children see spirits. Yes, because they are open to it. Yes. So I, I'll tell you this story really quick because well, it's really amazing. Don't be quick. There's a, I have a client who has some real spiritual, or she's really a friend now. I haven't seen her professionally in a while, but she is a very uh, gifted healer. And she, uh, well, she's the one that told me about Caroline, that medium that you mm-hmm. and I both spoke with. Mm-hmm. And, and she said that, um, her father had died, and um, she, well, the day, or like the day after he died, she came to see me. And feathers, whenever you see feathers, that's supposed to be a symbol of, of someone who has transitioned on. And so she was told me that as she was walking up the stairs to my office that there was a feather on the step, and so she knew her dad was with her. And she sat in my office, and we were talking about her father dying the day before, and all of a sudden a feather literally fell down from my ceiling in between she and I floated down to the floor well you know me I am burst into tears I'm like your dad is here and so we both sat there crying so anyway then she went to see a a uh metaphysical healer and a spirit-filled person and the uh and it was a man and he said, do you, do you have rabbits? Do y'all raise rabbits? And she said, no. She said, um, no, we don't. And she had told me earlier that her daughter, they were having trouble with her daughter, who was like three, would, they'd put her to bed and then she'd wake up like at midnight and be up playing in her room and talking and all of this, and they'd go back in and put her back to bed. And he said, well, your father's here, and he says that he talks with your little girl in the night. And she said, she said she caught her breath, and she was like, the whole motif of the little girl's room were bunnies. Oh my gosh. Because <laughs> oh the guy said that no. your dad is talking about mm-hmm. the rabbits as he plays with the little girl. Oh, mm. I know. I have a thousand stories like that with with birds, butterflies, sunrises, sunsets, uh, pennies. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, I think that there are signs of heaven everywhere. and angels everywhere. I, so look for them. Yes. Look, look at them with awe and wonder like a like a child be open be open to the the divine yeah be open to the god that exists and the spirits that exist um 
when my kids were little, and I think when all kids are little, and I think it's such a special thing of having little kids, like because the things they say and how they see the world, how they're paying attention, you know, our minds are so filled up with all kinds of stuff and distractions. And God forbid we just sit here for a minute and not look at our phone while we're waiting for somebody, or we take our eyes up instead of down. You know, there was a, I gave a sermon one Sunday on you're missing it. Like how much, how much we miss because we're, oh, we're just not looking. How good. And the morning, the morning that I was giving that sermon, I, before I would go to church, I'd wake up at, at some ungodly hour and I would give my sermon to the streets. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they applauded. Oh, for sure. The birds <laughs> were like, dwit, dwit. <laughs> but I would practice my sermon and, uh, I was jogging and I literally passed this man and it was the most glorious sunrise. And this guy was, was walking past me and I was jogging and I literally was like almost falling down because the sunrise was so beautiful and I couldn't take my eyes off of it. And he was looking down at his phone and he just, he, he was just missing it. He was just missing it. And I really wanted to be like, dude, <laughs> you're missing it. I know. Um, but I think, I think we do miss it. I feel that often. a lot at like restaurants when you see kids with their like family and every kid's on their freaking phone and I'm like those are some of the best times you spend with your family uh, as a kid you know oh, yes, when you you're can you're completely just talk. missing out on it yeah yes okay on that note I have to say I made the mistake y'all know how much I hate the mall but I really <laughs> wanted to go to the, see that new place Italy have yeah you heard yeah of it? you told me about yeah. that okay, yeah Elise told me about so that so it's amazing uh, so but I I was standing in line okay I have not seen this thing. The new, I'm sorry if you do this, and I promise I won't call you out, but I am judging you. <laughs> Speaking of a pure heart. <laughs> and honesty. These kids, with they have the iPad connected to the stroller. I mean, they, God forbid your child cry or get a little cranky or... <laughs> <laughs> or yeah, I mean yeah, Pink Fong is raising your kid. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know who that is. This but dude does yes. like Baby Shark and all that crap. Oh, <laughs> it's so true, Kev. I was like, oh, like all the all the screen time. It's <laughs> reminds me of my. You're reminding me of my grandmother and granddaddy when I was sitting at their house and the Beatles came on, <laughs> and my grandfather says. Gall darn hippies, look at them standing up there singing, and we're wasting our time watching them. <laughs> it was the Beatles. <laughs> They'll never uh, make anything oh of themselves. Oh, my gosh. Boy, he did not get that right. He did not know. That's how I feel when I see crap like Cardi B, and you know, she's worth a billion dollars. So I feel like an old curmudgeon. I don't understand any current music. I don't, I've never even heard of that person. Really? I have. Yeah. You have grandkids. <laughs> uh, I'm in the, I'm My in the grandkids are just like, well. They're cool. They're so cool. They're really cool. <laughs> we should talk about them for a whole, a whole <laughs> podcast sometime. We totally should. It would, 
it you would shouldn't bring them up. It would here. be very popular. Oh gosh. Okay, the gifts of spiritual insight, which was the myrrh. I love these. The mm-hmm. get the myrrh, spiritual insight, the frankincense, power of the word, and co-creation is the gold. And they are given for this birth, and it all takes place in the spiritual center of your being, Bethlehem. So why do you think these gifts, the gifts, the gift of spiritual insight, the power, what does that mean to you? Insight is just the knowing. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I am that. Yes. Acknowledgement. Knowing and acknowledgement. Knowing and yes. And acknowledging the knowing. And in- accepting the knowing. Yes. And, and dancing with it, loving it. Yeah. And because it does take us out of being fear driven into, into love drawn. Yes. Love that. I do too. I'm putting that in my notes section in the car. Yeah. Um, power of the word. What does that mean to you? I think it's, I think the power of the reality of who that of what that Christ consciousness is and being able to sit in the word of it all in the truth of it all and putting and i also think the power of claiming it for yourself mm-hmm. because that's going to reinforce the it reinforce the knowing i mean think about it i am a divine child of god yeah i'm an expression of divinity huh that could give you yeah. a big head yeah <laughs> I love that. I love owning it, the power of the word for myself. But I also, to me, this reminds me how important my words are to others. True. I agree. And, you know, that I, uh, when we, when we talked about last week, what men wish women knew or want, want women to know about men. And when I asked my boys and Georgie said, just because we don't say it doesn't mean we don't feel it. Uh-huh. That's cute. <laughs> <laughs> and you agreed, Kev. Absolutely. And and yet, you know, being on the other side of of somebody who feels it but doesn't often say it, um, you know, people need to hear what what they mean to you. People, mm-hmm. you know, I I I told y'all one of my dear, dear friends had a horrible accident last week and I had talked to her the Friday before and we always laugh so much. She's one of my oldest friends. There's always a ton of giggles and there's always a great expression of love. Mm -hmm. And the truth is the accident was so bad. She almost did not make it, um, through the, her first night. And, I literally thought to myself, thank God I talked to her last week. And she know I know she knows how much I love her. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just really important to never don't leave it on the table. Like yeah. tell people. You tell people the power of our words in in loving, inspiring, encouraging, believing. You cannot tell your children and your grandchildren enough how much you love them. No, and how precious they are. And how precious they are. You can't tell them too much. You cannot spoil them by telling them too many times how beautiful, kind, perfect, precious, amazing, and how much you love them. 
I, I hug and tell my kids all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and I, you, it, you cannot, you know, you hear about all these things. Some, he died in an accident. It, it, it was a freak thing. He woke up, everything about their life changed. And, you know, I've never had anything like that happen to me. I haven't, I've heard about it, but I haven't. And, and it, you, you don't want to learn that lesson because you didn't get it right. You know, the, the, the problem with it is it's, it's so important that you do that because it's never enough. It's never enough. And when my mom died or when my father died, I was like, oh, I wish I had spent that. I, sh- I, I should have gone that extra weekend or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I guess it was Bren or somebody that said I should have gone to see Josie more often. And I said, Bren, it would never be enough. Yep. It's never enough. Never So, enough. so take the opportunity, yes. you know. And tell people, I agree. Mm-hmm. I love you. Mm-hmm. You rock. <laughs> yes. You know. Yes. Yes. You you will never regret it, those expressions. You know the 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 one thing too that I want to say about that is is I want the listeners to say it to themselves too that you know that i i am a precious gift to the world and because you are the gift yeah and knowing i think that you are the gift when it leaves your head and it travels down to your heart into your soul and it sits there that's your bethlehem mm-hmm. and that is the place i think that from which we can come if we'll practice it my dad always said, practice the presence of God, practice that knowing on a daily basis. And every day you'll travel to Bethlehem. Mm, I love that so much. I love that so much. Yeah, me too. I love um, that gold is the Mm -hmm. co-creation. I, I love thinking about this. And when I, when I read this, I, Think of myself as a co-creator with Christ. Without a doubt. And I am honored and humbled that he has trusted me to, to do some, to create something as, as an expression of him in this life. Yeah. And no matter what you create, absolutely, that is an expression. Oh, and if you're that, a doctor, if you're it a doesn't mother, matter. if you're a street cleaner, yes, if you're a street cleaner, exactly. It is about just co-creating oh, yeah. and living in that mindset of I am a co-creator with divinity. Mm-hmm. Go figure. Here for a great purpose. Yeah. Yesterday I was having a Christmas brunch with one of my dear friends, and the the guy who was picking up all of our dishes yeah they were playing christmas songs on the in the restaurant it didn't matter what song was playing as he was walking he was singing and snapping and i mean this dude was gathering our dishes and love it all i want for christmas (laughs) is you and he didn't care who was listening he didn't care who was watching he was created to do that and it brought me joy. And so you're right. It, 
we, everything we do, we are an expression of God. Mm-hmm. Every single thing we do is an expression is we are expressing a, a piece of God. And so what is what is that? What is that expression? Are we proud of the things? Are we excited about the things that we are co-creating and expressing? Yeah. So if somebody asked you, Janice, yes. where is your Bethlehem? It, well... My Bethlehem resides in my deep in my soul. Yeah. It's a knowing. Mm-hmm. It's a consciousness. Mm-hmm. It's an awareness. It's an acceptance. Mm-hmm. That's where it is. I experience other Bethlehem when I'm with my grandchildren or like on Christmas morning when I'm there with all the kids. And, and you know, there's nothing that is more joyful than being with all of those people. But this is a Bethlehem for me, sitting here in this studio with you and Kevin. Yeah. You know, and the fact that there are people that actually want to listen to us <laughs> kind of cracks me up. I love it. <laughs> Must be bored. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a Bethlehem, too. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think that the interesting part is the the awareness of it. it. You know, we exercise that muscle, being aware of it at all times. Yeah, that's because it doesn't go anywhere. No, that's when we are are j- most joyful. Yeah, is when we're just acknowledging what already exists. I agree. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Yeah, this was fun. Oh, I okay. loved it. And I love you, Kevin. And I love you, Janice. Oh, I love you too. And I'm you wishing guys too. you guys you, a Kev. very, very Merry Christmas and all oh, of our listeners. Really? It is just yesterday I was with Blair at a little Christmas thing with, for kids, and there was a cute girl, and she was like, Janice, I love listening to you. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it, I'm, it's, I am so humbled <laughs> that people listen and like it and i very and share much share it yeah and for you and kevin too this is a great gift that you two have given me letting me letting me enter into your world well see i'm not i'm not surprised i only produce the best stuff so you really do <laughs> you really do kevin you really are gifted you're you, bethlehem you are. too you are you content are. is king i have the easy part content <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, gosh. Merry Christmas, everybody. Yes, Merry Christmas. We'll be back next year. Yes, we will. Uh, For next week to talk about the new next year. Oh, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.